0: Welcome, people, to the Match Report, uh, hosted, of course, by our set free in midfield. I'm your host, Cahill. Of course, Kojo is one of your main hosts, but he's not here right now. He's stuck on a train because that's what—that's how London operates right now, apparently. <laughs> News to me. I thought trains were running well, but it is what it is. Darren joins us, of course. That's yeah. it. Yeah, just, just yeah, hands it's, up.
1: Look, yeah. I, it's, I'm a bit rusty. It's been a while, so...
0: It was last week, bro. You you, you got to have something in, in in line. Last week was the first time
1: in literally
0: years, so it was. It was. I, I forgive <laughs> you. Next week you need to be on it. Sam, from feed the goat, Jones. How you doing, sir?
2: Yeah, very well. Thank you. How are you?
0: Not too bad. I mean, we got the draw, so it could be better. But it is what it is, man. I got at least we got a point, and it was a it was a kind of difficult thing, but it is. <clears throat> um, hey, bro, sharpen sh- <laughs> <up, isn't> it. <laughs> Manchester City fan, of course. So that is where we shall start the big game. Of course, Liverpool to Manchester City two goals from Sadio Mane, Phil Foden, Mohamed Salah, and Kevin De Bruyne. I'll start All with the you, big Sam. names, All They're the very big names. names. Not, uh, they? Some of the best players and best up and coming players in the uh, in the Premier League itself. You'll um, we'll start with you, Sam. What's your What's your initial feelings on on the game? Uh, are you happy with the point?
2: I think if if nine days you would have told nine days ago you would have told me that we'd get four points from this Chelsea game, Liverpool away, sandwiched with PSG in the middle as well. Um, I probably would have taken it, and I think performances actually in all three games kind of exceeded what I was perhaps expecting, um, especially yesterday, because I think after that after that first half we should have you know put away at least one of those chances and we had a few more second half as well so really despite our horrific record at Anfield um only seen us win there twice um in in sort of since I've been supporting City so um and I'm 20 27 now so that gives you an idea of our record at Anfield <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know usually I'd say yeah point two two, great game but um yeah actually I thought we could have we could have won it, so it was it was tinged with, with disappointment. Actually,
0: is as exactly that's the thing. You guys were kind of in control, especially considering it was at Anfield as well. You had a lot of chances. You just didn't have your shooting boots on. But the, t- the team that obviously had their shooting boots on were Liverpool. They goals from from Salah and uh, Marnie. Of course, that's their main two threats. So, Darren, is this? Something for Liverpool to be disappointed at. at the, once again, these are two big games that they've had. They've meant I've not mentioned Chelsea. They had the Chelsea game, which they drew. They were Chelsea were down to ten, and of course, in that game, now Liverpool, now Man City came and they got the draw as well. Um, and they both in both games, you could e- easily argue that they weren't in control of them. Is it something to worry about? Even though they are still very much up there.
1: So I wouldn't worry if I was a Liverpool fan. Um, if anything, I'd be um, quite happy with, with my lot. Especially if you consider that they didn't really get started. Um, the game really took, they had a good five minutes at the start and then um, made a quick tactical change. And basically, the rest of the half was all, was all City. Um, and to leave at half time and not be miles behind. Um, they've got to be happy with that, especially as Milda at points was kind of having his Gary Neville versus West Brom game where you're like, oh no, I think (laughs) I like that, I like that (laughs) Um, (laughs)
2: That's
1: a comparison Yeah So, I'm also like, with players that Liverpool have Salah and Mane they can change a game in a second and also you've got to take into account no Trent, who's very important for them going forward no Thiago, which stop them from really controlling the game in the middle even though the game was mostly played in the half spaces Um, but yeah I think Liverpool can be relatively happy a point at a title rival is a good result even if it is at home? yeah yeah of course it is it's not yet games in this season and to be honest I look at Liverpool it's a team that has more likely to grind out results and win the league ugly than City are um, And also when I look at Liverpool as well, again they had two very important players not playing, and also it's just when you're having to play players like Milner, no disrespect, Milner, fantastic professional, but you're playing him at right back, you are it where your your biggest weapons, and they still went toe to toe with Liverpool with um, City. And after the tactical change, very nearly won it. Because remember, they were in the league twice in the game. So I think anything other than, I say it's gradually being a United fan, anything other than like honest props is a little bit disingenuous for Liverpool, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, on the incident, Milner incident, of course, that would have, uh, I imagine, would have changed the game drastically and swung it into Manchester City's favour. Why do you think the referee just decided not to give Milner the red card Sam
2: do you know what I I was literally just watching a bit of it on a match today now and they're all baffled on there I was completely baffled um the only thing that I could think of is that the ref thought that with Henderson making the first sort of initial challenge and knocking him off balance was what he was giving the foul for but you, Bernardo Silva was still traveling with the ball, and Milner obviously cynically just stuck a leg out mm. on a yellow. You know, I was quite surprised someone that that experience. You know, Milner obviously played for City as well, he's ultra professional, knows the game inside out so much now. So, and to do that on a yellow card when he maybe even could have got a yellow card in the first half for that challenge when he brought Foden down going through, so to try it again <clears throat> and get away with it, um, I think Pep, Pep, Pep play came out after and probably called it right. City, if that's a City player at Old Trafford at Anfield, mm. they're gone. They're off, like straight away. They're, they're, compl- they're gone. They're, there's no way they're staying on the pitch. So, um yeah, I think it was just a, a bizarre decision how, how much it would have changed the game, whether Liverpool could have still got a point because it was 1-1 at that point still and, and hung on. I don't know. But, um yeah, it would have been... I don't think they would have been able to take the lead with 10 men. Not very easily, anyway.
1: I don't think Liverpool get a point if if Miller gets sent off, which we I think we all agree he should have been, um, because of where the game was played in mm-hmm. terms of where the attacking action was at and how well certain players were playing. Foden was a pain the entire game for Liverpool. Now, you put him in a position where you're sticking Joe Gomez on to cover right-hand side and leaving a little bit more space in the middle. And then Bernardo becomes even more of a pain than he was before. Maybe Greenish has a little bit more time in the middle of the pitch, didn't have a great game. So, with the options that City had, I feel like if Miller was to get sent off, I think you're looking at maybe two, three, one, honestly. Because yeah. the way that City play is suffocating. And they, and, they, and they see a weakness and they attack the weakness. They they attack so much more down the right-hand side than I think they usually do um, mm. with Trent being out. Um, I also think that's why Mil- um, Ferdinand played out wide and Greenish played in the middle. I think because uh, Ferdinand is mm. a little bit more dynamic, uh, a lot quicker off, oh, off Yeah, exactly, than um, the, the is. And it could go on the outside and on the inside, whereas you know Greesh is going to get the ball and try to get in towards the middle of the pitch. Where mm-hmm. Liverpool, in terms of defense, is by far the strongest. Um, so yeah, I, I think that red card would have changed the game completely.
2: Yeah. We are we are probably the hardest team to play against with 10 men, like you say, just the you know, the 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 positional awareness how we're set up, we create overloads anyway when it's eleven versus eleven. So ten versus ten. It would have been a very, very difficult um job for Liverpool and we saw it a few years ago when I think Mane got sent off after about half an hour and we went on beating five nil so um, yeah it yeah, yeah. could have played a big was funny, difference wasn't it?
0: yeah yeah um I mean you see, you see it's hard for me to to kind of think that this is a two points drop than then one point gain for for Manchester City considering that like uh, Darren said um <clears throat> Uh, Alexander Alexander Underwood was missing. Van Dyke was well. He was he was getting torn to pieces at, in some some occasions. So he wasn't on his best uh, on his best day either. So defensively they weren't really up to one hundred percent. Is it a case? Could a case be uh, argued that you missing or not getting that striker would have shifted the game today or yesterday? That striker would have would have
2: shifted the game. Potentially, yeah. This <clears throat> this is this is the discussion point around all City fans, all people analysing City, and it probably will be for the for the whole season if we don't if we don't bring anybody in because there's a, there's an interesting balance at, at play where some of the chances that we're getting in and around the box maybe a striker might finish one or two of them. No, no striker is going to finish every single chance that, that they recreate, which is impossible. And some of the chances, like the one that Foden got out wide. Probably don't fall to a striker, they fall to a winger anyway. Like Harry mm. Kane's not going to be in that left wing position overlapping around James Milner. So um, Harry Kane
0: has the license to be everywhere at Tottenham, so he might have, he might have done. <laughs> yeah.
2: Harry, Harry Kane couldn't overlap a, like a, a donkey at the moment, really, could he? The way he's moving, he needs fair to get enough, his fitness fair he's a little bit that's not his game. Um, But he, what he could be is it could be getting across the front post. We, we play a lot of balls across the box in and around the box, and he, he probably would position himself in around there but at the same time and these games against Chelsea and Liverpool what has been so good especially in the first half yesterday is City's ability to to press and counter press and you look at some of the other teams top teams who are playing with a number nine like right now Ronaldo for United Lukaku for Chelsea and and Kane for Spurs they can't press in the same way so maybe actually City's overall dominance of the game is also a little bit is a little bit um affected by not actually having a striker and just having literally like five or six creative ballers really in the in the middle of the pitch who just keep the ball for fun. So there's, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of kind of balance to be found with it. But he found it with Aguero. Um we saw some of our best football when, when we had Aguero, we had a, a killer in the box. Um, and I think there will be a lot of games this season where people will be looking back and thinking, you know. Maybe they could have done with a number nine in that situation. But, um, yeah, we're also going to most likely win a lot of games moving forward as well. So it kind of really does uh, depend on each individual game and, and who takes the chances and who's arriving in the box because the players that are getting the chances are good enough. Like we saw Foden finish a chance, saw De Bruyne finish a chance. These players really are good enough to be scoring goals. It's just whether there'll be too many games where it's like we could have done with a, a Harry Kane, a, a real a real striker who makes striker type runs and and is a bit of bit more clinical, like we saw with with Salah yesterday.
0: Well I mentioned Salah, Darren. You uh, you uh, I'm going to ask you one question, which might be a bit controversial, but is is, is Mane still better than Salah in
1: your opinion? Oh, uh you de- <laughs> you went deep into the archives for that one, didn't it? Um, <laughs> no, for me, for me, Salah is probably the best player in the world on form at the minute. Mm -hmm. He will go down as not only an Anfield great, but as a Premier League great. For me, Mo Salah is actually underrated. Considering that, I think if we're all honest, we thought the trajectory would start going down now, but it hasn't.
0: Really and not for me. I, I I I I don't. I disagree. with that. I, I I always thought that he was Liverpool's best player, and I don't. I because his output is so strong, and the way they play, the way they they fit everything is facilitated through Salah. So I don't think it, I, the stats drop.
1: I was saying that because of the amount of intensity that Klopp's demands on players. Mm, okay, He's, fair enough. Yeah. Um, also, very rarely injured. Just mm. uh, got. Um, International commitments and it, and when you take into all of that, to the fact that he constantly shows up, so you think naturally there'll be like a little bit of a drop off point. Like I would argue that's kind of happening with Mane at the moment, despite the goal. I think he's not the same Mane as he was a couple of years ago. He's um, got
0: like five five games goals in five games. So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, even, I'd even still say I'd even still say the Mane is things. not quite the yeah. same, Um yeah. but Salah is just like the goal he scored. Like, we'll, we'll ignore the fact that his weight of pass for Monday's goal was, was was perfect. Ignoring that, like, I've never known a player to be so direct and dangerous for Liverpool um, on that side of the pitch. I think when in years, and pa- years later, when they have their debates in Crockstep for Liverpool in uh, the pub, which is, I think, called Klopp but will probably be renamed in whatever manager Liverpool have at the time. Uh, they will be saying, Salah is definitely in greatest Liverpool team ever at right wing. And mm. it's undisputed. And yeah. uh, when you take into account, Liverpool are one of the most successful teams in the world. So, to be undisputedly in that position Nobody can touch you. Shows you how amazing Mo Salah is.
0: Let's, more con- let's get more controversial. Uh Sam Salah or Gerard as in most, important, most <laughs> the, the biggest legacy at Liverpool right now. I don't think it's fairly uh, Salah.
3: Salah, Salah.
2: <laughs> so That's Salah. a hell of a question, isn't it? It's a big it's... question. I mean Salah Salah did did bring home a Premier League and a Champions League, and Gerard brought home a Champions League. And and slipped and lost the Premier League. So, yeah, there's... <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to say FA Cups, but fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, a, there's
2: a there's a lots of way. I feel like Salah's playing in a in probably a better Liverpool team than Gerrard ever really played in. But in, what you were saying a minute ago, I'm, I was actually. In terms of if Darren said that Mane was better than Salah a couple of years ago, I would 100% agree. I was fully in the Mane over Salah camp, just overall game, the way that Mane plays, the pressing, the intensities, dribbling, everything. But I feel like over the last few years, Salah has kind of gone up an, another level, and I think it's showing again this season. His all-round game is so much more better. He he was he's been a bit of a poacher and a bit of a kind of playing in moments. He still does that. To an extent, but if you actually watch this, the first goal yesterday, Salah actually comes deep, gets the ball from Alisson, lays it off, then gets the ball again, then goes past Cancelo, and then feeds in Mane. Like he's all round game and his creativity has gone at another level, and he's just an obscene goal scorer. The goal, the goal, um, yesterday, was one of the best goals I've ever seen against City, I think, one of the best individual goals. It was just unbelievable. Like the way he wriggled out of three players around the box then went past the port, hit it far post from the angle on his weak foot i mm. mean it was just like it was absolutely crazy when you think about it so yeah he's a uh, he's really putting himself up there now with 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 some of the great people are starting to to wake up and notice because he has been underrated but the longer this goes on now the more he's going to kind of cement his his place and there's already there's a lot of like hazard versus salad debates still going on um for loads of different reasons in terms of just style of play and who's better to watch who's better who would you rather have so yeah all kinds of uh, he's asking all kinds of questions of some of the best players we've ever seen in the league you gonna say something down
1: uh, no I think that sums up pretty perfectly to be honest mm. um michael looks like he's about to be ready so yeah,
0: yeah okay. <laughs> finally back finally back but um just one more question on Manchester city uh sam There's three teams. I think there's three teams definitely in this title race. Chelsea, Liverpool and City. Maybe not Manchester United. Maybe just not Manchester
1: United. It's not May United, but we'll get to that. We'll get (laughs) to to that. We'll
0: get to that. We'll come to them. (laughs) Um, Last season, you guys guys kind of uh, slipped under the radar and then eventually crawled your way back to the top of the the title picture and then won it quite comfortably, in in my opinion. This year seems gonna be is gonna be a bit different. Do you still believe that you are front runners for this
2: league title? I think I think we are, and I think it's because of I think it's purely down to, to depth, depth, to be honest. Um I think Chelsea have got unbelievable depth, but I think they're actually quite inexperienced as a squad. Mm-hmm. And I think the inconsistencies in performance are starting to show. I did think it would be between City and Chelsea, kind of for first and second, but Liverpool have shown me. Again, that they're, they're prepared to go to the well and Klopp's going to get 30, 35, maybe even 38 games out of the players that he needs to this season. Your Salas, your, your Mane's, your Van Dijk's, etc. So I think it's going to be between us and Liverpool again. I think it's going to be kind of default back to uh, a couple of years ago when it was them two. I think Chelsea would be tucked in behind. But I just think our depth is going to get us over the line, I think. You know, Liverpool, they couldn't perform yesterday because they missed Trent and James Milner comes in yeah there's there's quite a lot of players that you could see City trying to crowbar into our team still Gundogan was injured Zinchenko was injured two of our best players in last season didn't miss them at all Sterling can't get in the team Mahrez didn't even get off the bench Mm. so there's all these players to kind of come into it and I think when we get into those winter months and maybe even that African Cup of Nations as well when Salah and Mane have to jet off for a few games um, yeah, you know, these are fine margins which could make the difference over the season. So, yeah, and I still think we've got the best the best manager in the league to to manage all that and bring it all together. So,
0: what's your thoughts on the Sterling situation? He seems to have it's it seemed quick. to have uh, died down when uh, after his performance at, at the uh, at the Euros,
2: but then he's
0: back in. And it seems like he's been frozen out for a bit.
2: It's a it's a very weird one, with Sterling, actually. Um, touch upon it just quickly because. He's got less than two years on his contract now. you see a lot of players winding down contracts and think that's mm. become a bit of a an issue or could become an issue, similar to how it was with, with Sane, He wound down his contracts a little bit. He got to about a year, he playing time dropped off and he ended up getting sold. Mm. Um, I don't think he plays well without a focal point. I think it shows for England that having someone like Harry Kane to play off is, is exactly what he needs, so he can mm-hmm. arrive in the box and, and maybe have markers take take players away from him. Um but for whatever reason, we're just not getting the best out of him. It is a bit of a concern. It's been, you know, we keep saying Sterling's forms, is it's a drop-off, he's going to return. But really, this has probably been going on about two years now since we've seen the best of Raheem Sterling. And yeah, it is a bit of a worry, actually. Um, because if he's not getting the game time, he's not probably going to sign new contracts. If he doesn't sign new contracts, he, he's even less in contention. So it's kind of a bit of a, a catch-22 for him. And at the moment it's difficult to see him turn it around, which is which is really annoying because I really like Raheem Sterling. I've kind of backed Sterling for a long time. He's not the most orthodox player. He kind of got strange mm. technique, but he delivers <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um he ticks a lot of boxes in those attacking areas, but um definitely more so for, for England than than sitting. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've
1: read uh, something that I've got a friend
2: because uh, I live in I live
1: in that side of the world. Um so I've got a friend who is uh, most people in that city. Uh that sounds very uh, trust me, bro, sources sort of thing. But <laughs> um I also I also read ITK, yeah, ITK Darren. Yeah, that there was um, <laughs> there. I also read in the athletic that uh, Pep and Sterling's relationship has gone a bit sour. because mm, yeah. um, for me you look at Sterling for England. And I think it's not a case of anything outside of trust. I think Southgate would put his life on Sterling and Sterling will will pull through for him. <laughs> and I think Sterling needs that. Um, you could argue you saw that a little bit before, at the tail end of his time at Liverpool. Um, and he used to be... I think the statistics still show, and this is how much Pep paid him, but he's still... Pep's most picks player, mm. like started player from yeah. Pep's reign, and he's look he's been out of the team for the last year and a half. Mm. So there was a there was a point where Sterling was definitely the first name on the team sheet um, for Manchester City, and I think something sour has gone on. And I think now it's interesting because it almost feels like it's a bit of a. Uh, Mexican standoff between him and him and Pep because they're both due to leave in two years, and so we'll see who brings first.
2: Mm. Yeah, you're right. And, and what I can, I think you're absolutely bang on about. Stone wants to be the main man. Oh, Sam, so?
0: yeah, he's gone. Just frozen for a bit. um Hopefully, he'll get he'll he'll come back and we'll definitely let him back. Kojo. Hi. Right. Good train, good journey. No, no
3: not not fun journey at all. But not here. fun.
0: Got okay. you here, and what a time you've, you've you've joined us. We're about to talk about Manchester United. No,
3: no, no, no. Stick <laughs> with the good game first. What are you doing? Don't no, no, go to the don't go to the the silliness
0: when I arrive. No, no, We go. We
3: about Salah a little bit first.
0: And then we you talk about Salah. You you were on the train, bro. Is, is it our fault that you weren't here?
3: Brother, I was walking, my face was clear as, well, not clear as there, I was bare dark, but, but clear, my face was there, I wanted to talk mm. about Salah, but you know, were waxing lyrical about Salah, you put you up Darren on the versus Salah thing. thank you very much for that one, <laughs> you know, so we've arrived, bro,
2: we've arrived. He, he's right. back, by the way, also, he's back. stop bringing him back, I'm back, I'm back, quick connection error. <laughs> Uh-oh. By the way, by the way, oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah well the same about sterling wasn't i they've fallen out um with Pep in the last season um and i, I do think i completely agree with daddy likes to be the main man i think i think that's going to be quite apparent and i could i could see him i could actually see him moving to somebody because there's such a demand at the moment for for english players in this in this country because of mm. the potential new um english quotas coming in in a couple of years and i could actually see him going to someone like an arsenal where they are like right we will build. We will make you one of the biggest paid players of the club. We will build around you. This is your team. You know, moving back to London. Here we go, and you can go because he, he, did, he worked with Arteta as well. So if Arteta's still around in twelve months' time, and maybe Arsenal have shifted Aubameyang off the wage bill, and there is a big gap there for a premium sort of attacker, and mm. I could see him going to somewhere like that and kind of being the main man again and finding that form, um, and perhaps he perhaps he needs that, which is a shame because I'd love him to stay at City.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, sorry, Michael, after you. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I was just gonna
2: say he's
3: just and he's so productive, regardless of when he's he's played at season, he's always produced numbers. Um, and his movement, there's not many better in the English game, in terms of English players that have better movement than Raheem Sterling, that find the pocket in the in the box and just find his way to get goals. So he would be a huge asset to wherever he goes, and arguably would make most teams better in this league. Hmm. I think
0: 10 million pounds. That's 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 the offer. You you're accepting <laughs> it? <laughs>
2: Ten million. Well, you paid seventy-five for Pepe, so we can start there. That's
0: <laughs> fair. It's, it's in installments, to be honest. So if we, we'll give you one one installment of uh, was it 20, 25 mil? There we go. Yeah,
2: it's fine. We're we in no rush. We don't we don't need any cash immediately up front exactly, exactly. exactly. But anyway, full stop. Full stop, bro. Don't need any cash. We'll we'll stop. Stop. Right there. Yeah. Full stop.
0: <laughs> Manchester United. We're, we're sticking with Manchester. We're going all the way back to Saturday. Manchester United won. Everton won. goals from Tony Martial, or as Michael, as Michael likes to call him. Jumapel Jeffers. Jumapel Jeffers <laughs> back on the goal scoring sheet. Sophie and... Jeffers
1: could play left wing,
0: to be fair. <laughs> yeah, good. You get more goals than Anthony Martial, that's for certain. Anyway, and the king of The fake Sue, Andros (laughs) Houndsend, Boy.
1: Can I I, I I take this one, Michael, for a bit? Take it away. Take it away. Go, go, because I'm tired. Go. So, I'm going to do a a quick uh, comparison. So, the city Liverpool game and the United-Everton game showed me one thing. The importance of having a coach that is tactically on the ball. Mm. So, you're looking at the... It's the slow delivery. This guy's
0: been
2: thinking about it. It's <laughs> uh, methodical. It's,
0: He's got point bullet points.
2: It's He's really on his laptop right now.
1: It's really hurt me because it's so <laughs> clear to see. Um, so you look at the first five minutes, Liverpool started really well because of getting space out wide. Okay, so what Pep did then was he basically turned um, City into a four-four-two flat when they were defending. That basically got them to control the game up until halftime, where Pep made, where Klopp, sorry, made some changes, and then they put themselves in the front foot. It's that dynamism where not only are the players playing chess, but the managers are too. Only Gunnar Solskjaer plays four four two, no 4-2-3-1, sorry, and hopes for the best. So there, there are have a few grumbles of discontent regarding Solskjaer and one of them and I think the most serious one is his insisted on the McFred double pivot and he said and I'm going to slightly paraphrase but he said <laughs> they're important to break up play meanwhile meanwhile, Everton without Richarlison without the cover lewin <laughs> Are running through the middle of the pitch like Moses part of the Red Sea. <laughs> uh, there is one clip for Demari Gray chance where he picks up the ball, turns to McTominay, and runs literally in between Fred McTominay like a knife through butter and gets a shot off. And throughout the game, I've seen some um, United fan channels, pundits, etc. Say that all Everton did was sit back on the low block, but no, they sat and wait for the counter because United's team is so easy to counter punch against because the way that they're set up because neither of the neither of the um, double pivot are necessarily great at positionally defending, nor do they actually stay deep, nor do they actually show for the ball in the middle. So if you press them. And you've seen this countless times with Fred. If you press them, you can win the ball up really hard the pitch. Um, and also, look somebody, and he gets away with this a lot, never shows for the ball. And, you, and the reason why Maguire is so important, not only as a defender, because he takes it upon himself to break the first line of the press because he runs through. And who's tackling Maguire? He's massive. Hmm. Right? When you've got a midfielder like McTominay who does not show for the ball and you're playing a team who is sitting deeper and countering, you need to be able to build through the thirds. You know, I don't have a double pivot that allowed me to do that. And this takes us to the second point of the contention Donny van der bake So you've got a player who has literally said he can play six, eight, and ten. We have a double pivot where they basically rotate. One of them is a six, one of them is an eight, depending on where they're in the pitch. Donny van Der is a lot more brave than the ball. He uh, shows for the ball constantly. He finds a man which both players struggle with, especially when they're trying to break lines. They always lose the ball. And yet he can't get a game, despite playing well when he last played. Because the manager has his favourites, and it's clear as day. As well as this, thirdly, why has he rotated his team so massively on the brink of an international break? Like, this was not an opportunity to get some points to the board knowing that City and Liverpool play against each other.
0: Yeah.
1: It makes absolutely no sense. I can understand maybe giving Sancho uh, more minutes than he did. Uh, I can understand maybe Cavani coming off the bench. If Ronaldo was quiet. But none of those things happened. Ronaldo scored five goals and found himself on the bench, which makes no sense. And Greenwood, despite the fact he's a fantastic player and will be a monster, the issue here is that when you the composition of the attack is not right. So you if we fast forward to when the changes were, were made and Ronaldo was on the pitch and Pog was on the pitch you can't have a player like Greenwood on one side and a player like Pogba on the other side and really play to Ronaldo's strengths because the ball is only going to come in from one side mm. with Pogba. Pogba's not going to do the traditional we go down the line and cross it in. And we all know how good Ronaldo's area ability is. What he's going to do is create um, create chances in that area that, you know, what De Bruyne does. He picks up the ball, whips the ball in. That's kind of like the area where he creates the most chances maybe combined with Shaw you know, combines with Bruno and finds passes in that sort of half space in between uh, the the left-hand touchline. So you're basically cutting off an area where Ronaldo can be can be dangerous. And this is, again, where I'm going back to Oli's lack of tactical because It's like, Sancho didn't actually do that bad when he came on. Sancho was bought, in my mind, and I'm sure in the mind of I'd say 90% of the United fans to play right wing. It's mainly mm-hmm. played right wing. We have got so many options to play inside forward on the left-hand side. We've shunted our best passer of the ball or the best passers in the league on the left-hand side. And when teams know they can come to Old Trafford, sit back, run through the middle or press high and target the two double pivots when we're at a goal kick which happens const- constantly <laughs> um, and when United have the options, they have the options they could have looked somebody alongside uh, a Van der Beek they could have probably played Matic today, Today, sorry, the other day because um, really the only person with real dynamism in that is that Everton Machelot is, is Decore who was brilliant by the way Decore was incredible um but when you've got somebody like Matic, you've got someone like Van der Beek, who can play, and you've got someone like Pogba, who should be playing in the midfield. You want you're you're just playing a team that has got nothing through the middle, and you're just leaving yourself up for um, for weaknesses. Especially as Bruno plays, not really as a ten, more as a second striker. He doesn't really orchestrate play. He's constantly looking for goal scoring opportunities, and that's it. Um, I'm gonna stop talking for a bit because I've been talking for a while on this, but <laughs> I just feel like on the Gunnar Solskjaer's insistent on the on the McFred pivot is gonna be one of the reasons he gets sacked. And he's done really well to get this position. He's got a really good squad from where they were before, it's gonna end badly because he's an idiot. <laughs> and, and that's it. <laughs> uh Go Joe, we'll come to you. Um,
0: Ronaldo was obviously mentioned there and he, it's just going off Darren's points. It, it very much seems like if you're going to get the best out of Ronaldo, you're going to have to have two players out wide that are going to feed the ball to him. Has that signing kind of put a spanner in the works of the way Ole was trying to play the, with football? Because Cavani allowed a certain style of play.
1: <laughs> say it, say it, Michael, say it, Michael, say it, Michael. What style
0: even though? No, no, not that style of play, but he played. You could, I would, I would say he played much. Or oh, United, the players played a much better style of football, even if there was no style, they bro, played much do, better football. Do, do not be. They dece- did last year than they did, 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 did. this year, do
3: no? bro. Do not be deceived, man. This is the do same old thing. Do not be deceived. I'm begging you. Do not be deceived. Okay. It's the same old thing. Ronaldo isn't. Ronaldo hasn't been a problem. You've seen the United fan base have argued if. Ronaldo wasn't they see more than a Marshall up front, or maybe Green would have be been the striker. You've Cavani the ball, might
1: man. press a little bit more from the front, yeah, exactly.
3: You'll yeah, press more. And we're like... First of all, Marshall didn't press anyway. You are gonna say, Marshall, Marshall don't press. Martial gonna <laughs> <never laughs> press his life exactly. Cavani, Cavani did one video, one run, and they, they've they done a whole clip on the Twitter uh, space saying that uh, Cavani in the heart and soul that's what he's shown for May United, And he has not done that for his whole United career. Don't be deceived by any of that. Ronaldo's not a problem. We know on the pitch there's a certain problem, and bearing in mind, Darren mentioned it earlier. I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna show it here right now. Look at Tier 4.
0: He's buying behind, behind Matic. I didn't even realise. Oh crap.
3: Bro, they Matic don't even play. And I know Matic.
0: that's 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 crazy. That's the crazy You're thing.
3: behind Ward Prowse, whose game is not defensive whatsoever. But mm. look at look at these guys and below these guys in the top top four side in the class they their own, are your your two top central midfielders. Can, can I just quickly
1: interject? Now Go on. One. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was oh screaming God, foul him at Fred when he couldn't win um, the first shoulder charge with, with Damari Gray. Mm-hmm. If you lose the first one, sense the danger, pull his shirt, trip him up. That's how you break up play. Mm-hmm. That's how, It's not nice, but... um Fred the Goat will know. Fernandino does this not... all the, time. All, <laughs> the it time. all the
2: time. The master. The, time. the
3: master. That's no, the thing. He <sighs> got barged off and did a broken cha-cha slide. And then you got Luke Shaw. Joy Luke Shaw
1: God. should not have played. Did you, I, did I, I you know know see the clip? Play. Did you see the clip of uh, there's a little there's a little part of the game, I think it was a friend, and you see the bandages of the that guy's knee and his blood everywhere.
3: Yeah.
1: It's like Teller's played well the other day.
0: He did, yeah. Luke
1: Shaw, Luke Shaw just come back from injury. Well, this but, guy, despite as well as he's played for United, still had a serious injury not that long ago. You still need to manage his body with Claire, which is another thing. doesn't do but, bro, this, this, is, this
3: is something that he's done for ages. Luke, um, Rashford played with a broken shoulder and broken ankle, pretty much, and before that was a broken back. Paul Pogba has to run back, with, um, come back with toe injury. Went to his own doctor to go and make sure that he had his own sort of. Um, sort of um, physiotherapy and all that stuff to make sure that he was fit to come back and play football for United. This is a recurring theme. This is what happens over and over again. But Luke Shaw, for that goal, even though he was injured, I don't know what the hell he was doing trying to join three other United defenders on the right-hand side of our our side anyway, and left that side unattended. But there's nothing positive to say about Man United because they should have lost the game in the first place. If Tom Davies didn't be so unselfish, we're sitting here talking about Everton 2, Man United 1. He, Maynard he was, escaped with a draw.
1: Maynard didn't scared. get a draw. Yeah, Maynard didn't get a draw. Maynard escaped with mm. a draw. There's a very yeah. big difference there. What did I say last episode? I said Maynard scraped. If <laughs> if if they if, if Bruno had, it. If had um, scored the penalty, then Maynard would have scraped a draw. So you're mm. looking at that happening twice now, already in the season. This isn't a bad run. This is a pattern behavior of behavior for Solskjaer.
3: Yeah. Everything's... But everything that you see of United is almost false to me. This idea of man-management is based on the fact that Pogba's still at the club. It's nothing to do with anything else. It's the fact that Pogba's been at the club means that if Mourinho was still here, he would have gone all that. The guy hasn't signed a contract yet. He's not officially staying at the club yet. Nothing's changed in that situation. Um, the idea that United have brought in all these players and it is Ole, and if it's not Ole, it's... all of this is just, yes, you can give him a bit of credit for the stuff he's done. Hopefully, you know, in terms of like getting rid of some of the players we didn't want and all that, but nothing's changed off the pitch. And I keep saying to people, you talk about progress, right? I'm sorry for Man United. Man United are built a club built off just caring about trophies. I, I, I'm just gonna be as blunt as possible. I understand we're not the team that we were from the end of 2013 um, beforehand, and you know they've had to rebuild and this, that, and the other. But yeah, know, I've spent a lot of money, and the reason I spent a lot of money is because they demand trophies. He's not been success- more successful than um, the previous two managers because they walked away with accolades. Hell, just Mourinho finished second, wanted to improve the defence. And whether people like him or not, I agree he had to go at some point. But he wanted to improve the defence because he realised it was a De Gea super show. So he wanted to improve the defence. He wasn't given the players. This guy has now got players to improve the defence. Maguire's big money. Rafael-, Rafael-, Rafael is a top centre-back. And you're still playing two players that are so defensive-minded, yet they don't provide cover for the centre-backs.
1: Are they are they defensive minded, or they just oh. not very good at progressing the ball and
3: just run around a lot? You know, funny enough, they could be both.
1: Because I look at I look at McTominay as somebody who likes to lead, like when he plays against Leeds, loves a third man run, always wants to get late in the box. He did a few times actually against Everton. But you you look at his international career; he's playing third centre back. Not very good at centre back. then you look at look at Fred who for some reason is playing double pivot in Brazil when they've got Fabinho and Casemiro but yeah but when you look but when you look at Fred since he came he came from Shakhtar not the same player because people are saying he was the type of player that would sort of go from from deep nice range of passing no doesn't do that at all, because I remember the, them. not down the road from from me, um, wanted um, Fred as well, and then they wanted Jorginho as well, does, and they, yeah. they went for for Rodri. Mm. So the Fred that we were advertised is not the Fred that we got.
2: Mm. And... False advertisement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, I, think ev- I think everything you said there, I, com- I completely agree. with Actually, I think that's a really good. Breakdown of some of the issues. I mean, that that that's um, image you put up there of Fred and McTominay is 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 um, but I've, I'm actually I'm actually still a bit shocked about. It. It's absolutely it's crazy. Because you feel like that's you feel like that's really kind of all they offer is the ability to, to disrupt. And I think actually the, the only team that United actually match up reasonably well against is actually us, because Fred and McTominay go and stand on both of our eights, and we we naturally leave a load of counter-attacking space for you to to run into which is which is what you love but in terms of being able to break teams down there um i just i just think as a, as a successful teams are able to sustain attacks and united aren't able to build that pressure at the moment because the, like you said other teams even half decent counter-attacking players like damari gray and townsend and Dwan juan for villa um i just i just him through and it's it's kind of yeah i mean it, for me it seems obvious that van der beek is is the answer in that double pivot and the fact he's got so few minutes is is really weird because when i watched him in that iac team that runs to the championship semi-final he was really really good player box to box build everything you spoke about eight six ten can do all those sort of roles and do them well and it just seems that at least playing him with with somebody whether it's Matich or McTominay, maybe Fred. If you know, I'm not really not a big fan of Fred. To be honest, I think he's absolutely <laughs> Um Bro, bro listen. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's, I there's, there's a is. lot. There's a lot to. There's a lot to to go through with with It's bizarre because I, mean, I think Pep and Pep and Klopp would would get a hell of a lot out of United's squad. I think. Ten Hag, oh, Ten Hag, so be produced. Graham Potter. Great, no, yeah,
1: I got, I got, I yeah. got. Oh man, yeah, no, no Greg, Graham That's Potter true. is. Graham yeah. Potter is when um, Brendan Rodgers gets sacked. Graham Potter's got next, and you'll see, because <laughs> <when>? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, oh god, it's it's so clear. I don't think there is a manager in the Premier League barring Steve Bruce who's worst on the last show. Genuinely, genuinely, I don't think there's <laughs> one worse other than
2: Steve Bruce. Well, Watford haven't got one at the moment, so yeah, no, they've got Ranieri. have got, <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> got Ranieri. Yeah, they they got Ranieri. Just, they're yeah, They're disappointed, haven't they? This afternoon, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of great. I'm glad you said about the Bruno second striker thing as well. That's that's because I've I've noticed that Bruno Fernandes is not is not a midfielder. He's he's not a midfielder. If 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 Bruno Fernandes is playing twenty years ago and he played four four two, he'd be playing at front like. Like Jermaine Defoe, Robbie Keane, like he's the second striker, always arrives in the box, spends loads of his time getting into the box and he's not a kind of get on the ball, help link play, help build up. He's not he's not that kind of number 10 at all. Get the ball to him. Don't make him be the one who gets the ball to other players.
3: Why can we see this but our manager can't? I think he's got favourites. Oh, no, he I think he's got he favourites. He definitely does, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I think also, to be honest with you, what you don't realize, unless you're like immersed in the Maynard world, there's a lot of people lobbying for McTominay. A lot of people, a lot of important people want McTominay to be what Fletcher was,
3: mm.
1: but he's not Fletcher. He's not John McGinn. He's not Billy <laughs> Gilmore. Do you know what not, I mean? Not even
3: James, James Garner.
1: Sorry, he, he could act legit, legit. I don't know why he's not playing over over Fred.
3: Precisely.
1: I don't know why James Garner is doing fantastically well at Notts Forest. A team in turmoil, by the way. Meanwhile, Fred is running around, getting barged off the ball by wingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. Yeah.
3: Hey, let's, move yeah, from this it's let's move on. It's a joke. It's
0: a joke. The simple, so, simple, so, the simple just fact uh, of the matter is, we want to move just, on, but, but yes, we haven't so mentioned so. the greatest celebration in uh, oh. uh, at, at Old Trafford Andrews Townsend's replica, so, two of Ronaldo. So great at the Wiltords. You did yourself. It was more canoe. It was more canoe, but it is what it is. Um yeah, but I, I feel like that was more dis- this was more disrespectful. To be honest, there were three disrespectful uh, celebrations. Will Tord over Mars and now now Andros Townsend Sue. I mean, the audacity Not to that do that in right. out of his face and Not then say right. I I was just I was just a fan. I'm Not just I'm right. just as a fan, I had to do it. I had to do it in front of your face. Come on now, Andros.
3: I'm not gonna lie, uh, yeah. He, he came with this whole um, icon. Uh, I love him in a legend thing. You know, no, you want to mock the thing, it's fine. He mocked but, it, brother, and he didn't even mock but, it well. I, he didn't. Yeah, but you know what, what United fans now to recognize and need to stomach is from now on, when a team gets a positive result, a draw or a win against you guys, it's going to be one of two things either the footballer is going to do the celebration against you or the fans are going to do a big circle outside the stadium and do a whole lot of sues. So one way or another, you're taking else, yeah? So yeah. that's that. That's what,
1: that's what Villa did last week. Precisely.
3: The yeah. And they ended it beautifully with the oldest man of their whole of congregation <laughs> running in the middle and just doing one lovely suit before they all hugged him. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's you get what you deserve in this life.
2: Yeah. I've got, got a quick question actually for, for the United guys because I, I I work with... Ty Tyrone as you probably all know the martial fanboy. Um oh, bro. what what would actually what would actually be your your guys strongest United 11? What would you pick? Everyone's everyone's injury free. Mm. Who are you going with because there's, there's so many options now, so many things to consider. I know Solskjaer probably doesn't play the team you want to play, but I find that United fans can they cannot agree on what team they'd play. Is
3: this everyone 100% fit yeah? yeah
2: everyone is good um, to go.
3: De Gea, sure, Tellez does really bother me. Maguire, Varane, Wan-Bissaka. I would play Van der Beek, Matic and Pogba. And i play Rashford, Ronaldo and Sancho. So no, you're going
1: to get flamed because you're no, the No, Bruno. Bruno. That's what i going to get flamed.
3: And I'm the biggest Bruno fan here. Look, Believe, remember, I just... that. remember that. I'm the biggest Bruno fan <laughs> here. Me and Darren have argued over Bruno Fernandes. I was going to say,
1: insight into the into three-midfield group chat when we first signed bruno i was like watch him take shots from 50 yards out every week
3: <laughs> i love like load it up no, you know his output his output is so beautiful but i feel like Pog- no, pogba is a better player than bruno Fernandez. yeah and i think well Pogba enough. would actually create more as a number 10 in that position for the striker, therefore, I'm talking about balance and what would work for the team. But yeah. of course, if Bruno Fernandes was to come off the bench and lick goals, that's just another thing added to it. So a yeah. way, I ain't mad. But that would be my myth I me. Mean, if you, if you what, got what, a penalty, what was, was your Yeah. What was your front three again? Um Rashford, Ronaldo, Sancho. Yeah. Okay.
1: So for me, <clears throat> I'm gonna take the cows way out. Um <laughs> so I'm still picking Bruno, although, although Michael's absolutely right in terms of balance for the team. If I'm talking a one-off game, everybody's fully fit. One game,
3: mm. I'm going 433
1: I'm playing much like how um, Michael did with the same back four, but I'm definitely picking Shaw, because in my opinion, Shaw is, is miles better than Teller's. The Shaw that is on form is incredible. Um, but what I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a little page out of Pep's handbook, playing two high-pressing, High creative eights. Yeah. I'm going to be both. Uh, Pogba and Bruno. I'm going to have Matic as my DM because he's the only proper DM my United have.
0: That's
1: nice. And I'm going to have Sancho on the right, Rash on the left, and Ronaldo on the front. That being said, I've always thought the beak should be my United's first sub. Especially when we need to control the game and yeah. that sub's not being made enough.
2: Not being made at all. It's so obvious. It's crazy, isn't it? It's so obvious. No, Martial. Then just double check. I oh, used no, no. to <laughs> love. I
1: used to love Tony. Like, a like it. Way. I get told
2: he's the best striker in the Premier League every day. At two Martial years Martial. ago,
1: <laughs> two years ago, it was nine a.m. messages from me on the WhatsApp group constantly. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, I, honestly, yeah. but I think with him, he's a bit like Nicolas Delcar, but like a little version
3: of Nicolas. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Ooh. at, at, at so, who though? At who? Because I
1: asked. Question, that's actually that's that's a very, very important question, actually. So maybe at
0: Manchester City.
1: He's Nicholas Anelka at Liverpool.
0: Okay. Maybe,
1: so it's yeah. like every now and then you see it and you go, No, he's really, really good. But then there's an air of disinterest <laughs> that always kind of gets in the way. I think with Tony, firstly, I don't think he's a player for this era. Um, Secondly, I think he's a player horribly low on confidence. If it doesn't go right for him in the first five to ten minutes, he's he's gone mentally in the game. Whereas the season where he scored, was it 19?
2: Everything
1: just went the way he wanted it to go. And it finally looked like he was going to progress because I also think the managerial changes really harmed him. He was electric for Van Gaal. Absolutely amazing for Van Gaal. But Mourinho was Mourinho. And Luke Shaw got angry and proved him wrong when another man came in. Uh, Whereas I think Martial, he gave us a glimpse of what could have been. But I think he was terminally damaged by by that. Um, I also just think that the team doesn't really suit him. I think if he went to Germany, he would rack up the numbers. But unfortunately for me, I don't, I don't think he is what was once promised. I used to love him, so it hurts me saying this.
3: Hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of examples from uh, um, explanation for him. For me, it's very simple. He would be in France somewhere else. I don't know where he would be. I don't really care. He wouldn't be in May eleven or May eighteen. Au revoir. Au revoir,
0: Jim je Appel Jeffers. That's that's what Kojo's saying, yeah. Um David Bellion. Chelsea got a victory. <laughs> David yeah. um, what's
3: that? He said David Bellion. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <Jim> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, that's
0: that's a bit cruel. He's 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 done a few things at Manchester United as Tony totally Martial, but David Bellion, fair enough. Uh, Chelsea three, Southampton one goals from Trevor Chalaba. Timo Werner got, got 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 two. He had one on uh, disallowed. I think I'm um, quite unfairly. Uh, James Will Prowse and Benjamin Chill. James Will Prowse also got sent off, which was also quite unfair. I think the referees had a mare this match day.
3: I don't think that's unfair, you know. No, oh, it was a you know, real he bad took tackle. Out, bro. He took out, bro. <laughs> was it? Yeah, was, was, was like no. he was
1: like five. It no. was like five years late, and it was on his
3: Achilles. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're done, yeah, even, really maybe I
0: day. maybe I got a bad angle. I, I didn't watch match today. I watched I watched the highlights on Sky on YouTube. So I maybe got a bad angle. But that's from the angle man. I looked at, it didn't look that bad. But what was it was bad? He
2: slaughtered. Yeah, was it was bad. Bad. He started, he started it bad. It was it was bad. But I felt sorry for him because it was a point. I mean, we'll probably come on it, it. was a point in the game where Southampton had really come into it, and they were Ooh. pressing high and aggressive. And it was one of those moments where it got played into Jorginho and they set the trap just right. And ward thought, I'm going to get him. I'm going to take it off, and I'm going to be able to stick it in. And he did go flying in, and Jorginho just literally poked it away at the last second, and he came down right on the top of his ankle. Mm. Yeah, it put, do you know what? It, it was one of those where it could have gone either way, and I think it was just incredibly unlucky. Because Southampton were South, – we'll come on to it probably, but Southampton were really – I was watching this game. I was, it was Saturday – really wet, misses us out. I was like, right, I'm going to watch the three o'clock game on the stream. Lukaku, fantasy football captain, that didn't go to plan either. Um, And yeah, Southampton were were really, really good. Again, they were good at the SEAD, they were good in this. Uh,
1: I think with uh, Southampton, um, (laughs) it is always a case of just not quite having the same energy for the whole 90. Um, But to be fair, with the team with as much depth as Chelsea, going uh, man down is just it's terminal, especially late in the game, because of the amount of intensity that Arsenal um, teams play with. They're, they're on their they're off their feet <laughs> by the eighth minute anyway. Um, but I will say this: like w- I don't know what they're feeding their academy products at Cobham because. Livramento, Chelsea player product, incredible. Trevor Chalabar, what? <laughs> it's incredible. Kind of hopes the was there, rem- reminding people who he is. It's just like
2: uh, left his cheek.
1: Yeah, it's just a conveyor belt of real Premier League quality. Lamptey, all sorts. It's ridiculous. Hmm.
0: I'm all we'll getting to the game. Uh, Let's still, still get into the game. I mean, Timo Werner stuck away one of like fifty chances that was gifted to him. That was that was that was good for him, um, especially for his confidence. Well, once again, probably like Tony Marshall, just a com- he, he he needs he desperately needs confidence. I think the stat is he's got he scored sixty. or yeah, he scored sixteen offside goals. He just had sixteen goals disallowed uh, for being offside. Since he's joined Chelsea, that's, oh, that's got to be the highest of any wow. striker in the Premier League, to be honest with you. So getting this goal didn't mean a lot to him, and you saw it in the celebration. But let's get on to Lukaku, because it doesn't seem to be... I mean, he's, he's played the first few games, played quite well, but then then the big tests came. The big test came against Liverpool. He kind of got shepherded out of the game by Matipen and Van Dijk. He t- took two of them. Uh, the game against Manchester City, he kind of went missing. And for this game as well, against Southampton, even though they're not a big side, he, I don't think he had a... He had a shot, not, not shot on target. I, I don't, I don't remember any of him having a major, major chance.
1: I'll be, qu- I'll be quiet on this, but I feel like my that are just getting
3: <laughs> You literally did what I was about to do. Thank you. That's it. That's it. you're easier know yeah. I, I personally, I do love the guy and I do think he's a killer. But the thing is, he has this tendency to go missing. That is it, just what it is. In the biggest games, he has not shown up, and I'm not talking about maybe playing for like West Brom, when he scored a hat-trick against Man United, I'm talking about once you've gone to that higher-level club and the expectation is higher, are you a contributor in the biggest games? I'm not talking about scoring against... Um, was it Inter Milan or Juventus? No, it's AC Milan or Juventus? one of the two games where they won 5-2 at, at Inter Milan. And um, he scored the I fifth
1: goal. The
3: goal was, like, I think it was AC. You might, yeah, I think it might be AC as well. He scored the fifth goal when the game is effectively over. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. being the game-changer. You know, being that man that grabs the goal, that changes the momentum or, you know, brings the team back into the game. He's not done that. And that's not an agenda thing. That's just what the history shows of him. That doesn't take away from his quality. We know he's a very good striker. We know he knows how to find the back of the net. It's just in the biggest moments where you could be put into that upper echelon of maybe world-class, top-class footballers or strikers, I should say. He just doesn't about get there just because in those games, he, and I don't know if it's the pressure hits him. I don't know if it's just where he's ushered out or the level of player he's playing against in terms of defenders just know how to deal with him better but one way or another it's just not worked out it didn't work out at Man United. it didn't work out so much so he won the league title and he oh just, I don't like, think
1: he did really well at Inter to be no, no I'm not saying that he
3: didn't do well at Inter Milan in the whole aspect I'm just saying in the big games he didn't really give the big performances um, and at Chelsea look it's still October so maybe you never know he could go from out of nowhere and score in the big, next couple of big games they have but Right now, it's looking at same old story. I do hope it gets better because he came back with unfinished business. He wants to prove that in the Premier League he can do it in the biggest games. And I think for his career, it would be great to show they can do it here also. But it needs For to his happen. legacy, yeah. For his legacy, yeah. But it needs to happen because his goalscoring record is ridiculous over here. It just needs that big game moment. That's all it needs.
1: To be clear, to be clear, I want nothing more. As is, this is big night fan, but I'm relatively detached. I want nothing more Detached, detached, are you? I I'd
0: say there's there's a, a four bullet said, points in this episode. I said, you I said, you I were said,
1: detached. I said relatively detached.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no relative. There's no detached either, bro. You're 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 fully <laughs> attached. You're harnessed on, man. You're that's jumping that's out the same bad. plane. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's nothing more I want them from the to show certain people from the same fan base as me and Michael. That they were dead wrong because he got dogs abuse they died. Um, And you deserve that. So I I really, I I want Lukaku to succeed. The reason why I did that is because that's what people are going to say. And Lukaku, I felt, has always played better when he's pissed off. And so I reckon you'll see, I I reckon the game I fear as a United fan is, is Old Trafford, Chelsea versus... United, because I feel like he's going to be like, right, I've got a point to prove. and then we're going to see the Lukaku that was in Milan, that was terrorising people from Naples to, to Bergamo. Uh, I don't know Italy that well, but that's like opposite ends of Italy. Um,
0: Goodness, uh, Phil. I, I know nothing, but it... Yeah, Bergamo's,
2: Bergamo's in the north.
1: In the north. <laughs> yeah. Naples in the south, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I think he's got it. I think also got to take into account a new team, newer system, and uh, also baggage, isn't it? Emotional baggage is back in England after all <clears> the crap <throat> that he went through being here last time. So Yeah. I, I give him time, he's still gonna collect twenty. all oh, outscore Harry Kane this season. It'll be fine.
2: Yeah, you know, I like um, I like I like this actually, because I I quite like that I've got two United fans here who actually want Lukaku to do well because a lot of the United fans that I know don't want him to do well because they almost they don't want to be they don't want to be proven I mean it's less so now they've got Ronaldo because you've got you've got nine at least for a year or two. But I feel like before Ronaldo with Lukaku doing so well at Inter, United fans are still trying to like play him down like he's you know he's he's not that good. I promise you because you know you don't want to feel like wow we let this number nine go and now he's mm-hmm. he's you know top five number nine in the world. Um and I think I think this season the he will get those goals in big games, I think. From, from I feel like he's I feel like he's such a different player, the one that left United to the one that's come back. Um, for those of, I think there was the problem with his weight, wasn't there? That digestion issue, which they yeah. they found and sorted out at Inter. Um, he just looks leaner and meaner. And maybe it will take a bit of time because it's not. It's no surprise that in the two games that Chelsea and he struggled against Juve and City, they had one shot on target, I think, in those in those two games. So he, he, was, he was very much feeding off scraps a little bit, that's which is good. surprising for this Chelsea. And that's why it surprised me a little bit about this Chelsea team. Even though it's early days, they haven't fully evolved yet because Tuchel was so progressive at Dortmund and, and PSG. And he came in, mm. steadied the ship at Chelsea, made them rock solid. And now it's like, right, are you going to go again? But he's still very much got the handbrake on. And yeah. I think Lukaku actually looked so much better on Saturday when Timo Werner was played up alongside him, and Mason Mount came in and dropped in behind him, and then I think the Chelsea's um, third goal, I think it was, um, came when Lukaku got across the front post and hit the post, and then it ricocheted asperliquera, who then mm-hmm. hit the bar, and then Chilwell put it in. Yeah. So he very yeah. nearly, you know, he 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 was literally inches away from scoring, really. But you're right; it's the big games now. He's got to show it. I think he, I think he will. Um, I think the next one for them might actually be United at Stamford Bridge. So, yeah, we will we will wait and see.
3: Um, do you want to be laughing breaking? at that
0: that United news in the in the comments? Yeah, yeah, do yeah.
3: yeah. you want to see it? Yeah. Daryl, you have to read, you'd have to say anything. I just want to see your facial expression. <laughs> Mike Fidler has signed a contract extension at Man United. Breaking news! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> so for me, for me personally, that kind of means <laughs> that Ole Gunnar so- Solskjaer isn't really going anywhere.
3: No, he's not. No, no. There's there's we knew no that.
1: Really. we knew that, but can we talk it's about been. Wolves Newcastle? Because Juan did me some nice points at fantasy Premier League. So Ooh, good shout. I oh, am man, ready I to up.
3: move well on done. from that. Well done. That's a good shout. Well done. Good
0: shout. Well- I'm, 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 I'm fully comfortable remaining at, at this Manchester United news. I mean what was what's going I on, mean, on I mean, man? No? <laughs> the
3: producer, I, bond, have, uh, I have the power to end this please. broadcast, so don't make me do it. Also <laughs> look look at look at the time,
1: mate. So I think we should rattle on some other games. You should
0: rattle it on.
3: All right, fair enough. Yeah. You got you, you you did you did take
0: up, up a, a bit of time with your four bullet points of your not <laughs> not in or out of Manchester United uh of feelings. Yeah that's about... Dumb. huh? Am I done? Dumb, yeah. yeah. We, we, I'm done. We'll go into uh we'll go into Arsenal because it is only top six, unfortunately. We'll we'll talk about Wolves another date. Um Arsenal no Brian Hove Albion nil, no, Arsenal nil. No. Now, the narrative or the multiple narratives surrounding this game is that or are two two reasons why Arsenal didn't didn't win this game. Both are both are bullshit. One the rain. <laughs> yeah. Two We're missing Granit Xhaka. Now, for me, for me, as an Arsenal fan, one I think has quite a bit of sense. Most Arsenal fans seem to have very short memories. Because if I remember correctly, the first three games, which we lost, by the way, who was playing?
3: Granit Xhaka.
0: (laughs) And yet, magically, he comes back against a Tottenham side that we could all say aren't really in the best best of form right now they don't really play the most progressive football they they're kind of uh, ins and outs nobody knows where harry kane quite is and son or harry kane's pretty much around everywhere but the box and son was coming back from injury i believe so they were the two main threats and they weren't fully 100% that's why granite shunned for me maybe maybe people are seeing a different granite Jacker because I don't know. Maybe he is this this great player that hasn't hasn't performed for Aston for the past five years since he's been there. Maybe they, he is. They
1: but, saw yeah. that performance against France in Euros. Mm. And it was very much like what could have been, but never was. Yeah. Oh, there's, was
2: never, awesome. there's never there's never a big issue though. There's never really big issue. Go on. Your backup is El Nene. Hey, That's no, a big Le Conga, issue. Lukonga.
1: Le Conga
2: no, I like Lakonga. Like, no, I, like I think he's yeah. uh, no, it's considering his age, I think he's actually I think he, he looks quite a well-rounded midfielder, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think Xhaka and Partey is probably still your best midfield.
0: Is it though? I don't know. Like they, they they played they played a few games because Partey was injured last season, they played a few games together last season and it didn't work out. And uh, it seems like this is, is it worked against the um, against Tottenham. But then, like I said before, Tottenham aren't, aren't exactly playing the best football, uh, and they allowed Arsenal to play a certain style. They allowed us to look good because one game later, and it's literally one. We have, we didn't have a midweek game; it was, it was straight to this one. We looked horrible again.
1: We yeah, well, a mid-week game late. until
0: year, I'm afraid. Exactly, we looked bereft of ideas. Um, just Saka looked tired which Edmo Smith-Rowe looked uh, like he didn't have a, have a clue. Pepe, Pepe's given 30 minutes. I don't, I don't know from him. Aubameyang was missing as well. There was a lot of players that were missing. They're kind of linking it, to though, to the fact that Partey and Lekonga are two uh, very similar uh, players or play a very similar game.
3: Yeah,
0: I personally think that can work. Two, two players that play a, a very similar style of football in the midfield can work in Lokonga and, and, and Partey. I just think it needs a lot of time. We also need to remember that laconga is still very young. He wasn't bought to to, to start uh, in this Arsenal team. So the fact that he is getting games and the fact it came against a Brighton that are in form and are playing better football than Arsenal. And are playing not the
1: best coached teams in the league.
0: Exactly. And then a lot of teams in, 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 in England, to be honest with you. It just wasn't it just wasn't our day. And I think that that it comes down to the way we were set up. We were set up very negatively. Our press, which was existent, the the only time it was existent, was against Spurs, was got was gone once again. Uh this this time round. And we just allowed them to, to get the better of us. Mm-hmm. But I'll open the floor because I'm 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 I might have four bullet points as well, and I, I don't want to get into it right now. Um Kojo, what went wrong for Arsenal? Was it was it these players that are paid handsomely, they, they they perform well in training and once they get to the football pitch uh, or and match day they just disappear or is it down to the fact that the coach is so negative that yes. it just it just ain't going to work anymore?
3: It's the same old, same old with Arsenal. I think uh, you and Jordan said it last week about the fact that Tottenham wasn't really the bigger test out of the two because you wanted to see if they'll bring the same energy not 60,000 fans screaming, not the North London thing where Spurs don't beat you at the Emirates, funny enough anyway, unless it's like a Carabao Cup game or your Eunice Cabo doing a throwback. So, you know, unless it's going that far back, they don't get results there. So Arsenal winning that game wasn't a complete shocker. Arsenal bringing the energy wasn't a complete shocker. Arsenal have always brought energy against Spurs, particularly at um, the Emirates. But when you go to Brighton, a team that... Um, in recent history, not I wouldn't say you've built a rivalry with, but you've more had a bit of a tasty affair with because of Morpay and Guendouzi and there's some other fixtures beforehand. You come to this game and the idea is you've got a very positive result against one of your major rivals in terms of um, geography. So now what's next? Are you going to try and maintain some or try and build some level of form, I should say, because one game is a form. Are you trying to build form? Are you going to try and get a good result against a side that is very coached well, has a good manager and it's actually looking a lot better than it did last season in terms of like they create a lot more chances, even though they were creating chances last season, they're doing it on a higher scale now. And you just did what Arsenal do is back to square one. Um it's the same thing as last I think was it was it last season? Uh the what's it called? The COVID year when um you went on a losing streak and you went to Old Trafford and void off May 9 and then returned back to form again. Mm. It, it's the same recurring theme. So for me it, it's I think sometimes we talk about other clubs and we say like there's sort of like a mentality thing. I think that's become the case at Arsenal. I think um, whether it's Emery, whether it's Arteta, even Las as well in the later years, Arsenal would find a great performance against a bigger side. I remember you guys beating Man City, Arteta's goal. I remember you guys beating Chelsea, three um, when You blitz them, banging Man United three 0 when you blitz them. Also under Louis Van Gaal, but then returning, returning back to norm. That's what Arsenal have been doing for a long time. So if it must be a mental thing, there must be some sort of block there and you can go into the deeper conversations. But in terms of the club and the, the players in that team, I feel like the players that are always brought in also don't have sort of the mentality to take the team up a level. So, I think this summer you've done OK, Lokonga a good signing, uh, the signings make sense. Tomiyasu, fair pay to Darren as well because you're telling us from time. You know, he's come in, he's done well. He had kind of a shocker as well against um, Brighton. He Mark. did. He really
1: had, him. Really had him on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: But it's one game, so I'm not going to get onto his neck just yet. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing you don't want for him, though. You don't want him to now fall into a rut and have that sort of what you used to call Wenger v- fired. Now Wenger's not there, yeah. so it's an Arsenal syndrome. Um will please. That's will Arsenal. So There you go oh, there. No. So, you look, I think what, what has happened now is... Honestly, actually, I know. I was going to say, well, I don't know what happens now. I don't know what happens now because this, this keeps happening. Mm. So, this is why you guys don't progress. You, or I don't think you're going to even regress anymore. I think you're going to be stuck in that same position for a while. I don't know what will help you guys elevate. And it could be getting rid of Arteta, but will you hire the right, the right coach? Mm. That's another question. So, I don't know. Sam,
0: i, 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 I give this to you. Just, to, just to, We'll get negotiations started in this. So, I say 10 million. We'll let you take back... Mikael Arteta and your set piece coach, and you give us Raheem Sterling. That for me, that to me seems like a fair deal. No, I don't think so.
2: I don't think so. <laughs> English tax, English tax. Um, yeah, I think, I think with Arsenal, I think a lot of people were hammering their their transfer window early doors, especially when they signed only Ben White. I think it wasn't, and getting Ramsdale through the door, but. Um, actually i think for the first time in a long time i can actually kind of see what arsenal do i think arsenal know where they are in the the whole picture the whole premier league picture and i think what they've what they've done instead of trying to fix it with with names i think they've kind of got some young players in who they hope with the right coaching and progression will just kind of they'll all kind of grow Together, if that makes sense, because a yeah. team in Arsenal's position, there's there's only two things they can do with really. it. They can either go out and spend about five hundred million, which is probably the difference in scores between Chelsea, United, Liverpool, City, and Arsenal. Put about five hundred million worth yeah. of signings, at least, maybe, so they can go and do that. But the, the Arsenal owner's not going to do that. So what they've what they've done, and it's probably the, the smarter approach long term which is more sustainable, is to go out and buy young players who they hope will actually grow with the team. And I think there actually is a little bit of a spine form in there. And I think actually the, f- the first three games, Arsenal were, p- were pretty unlucky to have their spine pretty much ripped out for those first three games. I went to the game at the Etihad and Arsenal had no leaders on the pitch whatsoever. Um, but actually since then, you-, you look at Ben White and Gabriel, 22 23 both mm. very young you look at the Congo they brought in the middle to play in party you look at Smith row you look at Saka um and obviously Ramsdale as well I think Tomiyasu is is a good signing he's looks really solid someone who's going to be a very dependable right back a bit like a, a coup foul for West Ham or like Zabaleta was for us very much defense first but very good at doing what he does so I think if Arsenal can continue to make those sort of young decent signings then i think they can they can grow the only question is whether arteta can grow with them and arteta can go two ways is he is he is he an ollie where he hasn't got that experience and you just see hasn't got that tactical acumen or will he grow into something a lot better which is kind of what they're what they're speculating on so i think it will take time but I think with the right, if they keep getting two or three good young players over the next sort of couple, two, three, four transfer windows, I think steadily they'll be able to build a good squad. But then what you've also got to do is hold on to the likes of Saka and smith and keep them tied down and believing in the project. Because, like, I would I would take Saka at City. I mean, we'd probably play him at left-backs, to be honest, but I'd say definitely take him at City if someone like a, you know, a stay left, because I think Saka is phenomenal, really unbelievably well-rounded Young player.
0: Is that a sustainable model, though, to just hedge your bets on? On you, when does experience have to take the reins? Because if we ju- if we do get rid of a Bamian, Partey would be older. I don't think we're going to get rid of Partey anytime soon. But you need some experience to guide these players through the, the tough times. And there's, not, don't get me wrong, there's been a lot of tough times, and nobody's guiding us through those right now. But they, these players have experienced it, they've been through it. Um, to just get you f- over that edge and then hopefully onto better, uh, greener pastures. Um, or do you just help, hope that the youth can keep firing you ahead and try and get you
2: back to where or where I want Arsenal to? Yeah, it probably will be a combination of both. Just quick, I think. I think, first of all, you've got to if you're going to get experienced players in. They've got to be the right pros. I think that's actually another issue for us. I think they've shifted out a bit of Deadwood, but people like Klasin, actually if he's still there, I'm not even sure if he's still there, but Jaka, Bamiang, Um they're experienced players, but they're not good, they're not good pros. They're not they're not helping the mm. younger players. So I think if you are gonna buy another player in their prime, like a parte, it's got to be really, really careful in terms of not just ability, but also character as well. Mm. you gonna yeah. say something
0: then?
1: Just, just really quickly, um, I think two things. What is experience really? Um, and what value is it adding to the team? So, for example, you've got Suarez there. So, do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, had William there. I
0: thought you, were, I thought you yeah. meant Luis Suarez, but you meant yeah. Cedric. Fair enough,
1: yeah. fair enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But when I look at Arsenal when I see Kieran Tierney, that's the leader. Mm. He's still quite young. He's still very young, actually. So this idea that you need to have somebody over a certain age bracket who's a leader, who drives the team forward, is a misnomer. Maybe,
3: I but think. maybe it's maybe it's not to do particularly with the age level. Maybe it's just to do with, I mean, a, a experience could be players that you said you said Tierney, for example. Tierny's been bossing it with Celtic since he was, I don't know, eighteen years old. Yeah. So I mean, I know he's. People, he, he's he's won a lot. People will say, "Yes, Scottish but The fact is, he's he's been you know, he's been a winner so far in his career. He's got the and strongest
1: mentality out of everybody. at Arsenal. Like exactly exactly me. He's Arsenal captain. For me, yeah, yeah. there he's Arsenal captain already.
3: Yeah. So I, I agree with. It, sometimes it's not down to age. Sometimes it's about the no. It is mentality. It's not just about. Me. It's not just about. It. it is mentality. Simple as that. You've got, you got this. Is where Arsenal I feel have lacked. You have to try and find the right profile. Partey is a talented footballer and he, plays, he played for a very good Atleti side and he did very well at Leicester Madrid as well. We're not taking anything apart away from that for him. But was he a leader in that squad or did he show leadership qualities in that squad? Questionable. You know what I'm saying? So, Granit Xhaka, was he a leader? At Glad, was it Gladbach he's played was mm-hmm. he used to play for? Yeah. Yeah, Gladbach he used to play for. Was he a leader there? Because the idea was he came in a tough tackler. No, he wasn't a tough tackler. He was a reckless tackler. He was tough. <laughs> It's two different things. So is he a leader? Does he take the team forward? The answer is no. So it's an need to look properly. Tierney was the right profile of player. Tierney took a sign. But are you going to add more to that? Because it's not about having one sort of player with the right mentality needs maybe five... No, no, needs everyone with the right mentality. But if you have five or six, I can sort of push everyone around them up a bit more and give them that sort of boost mentally. Take them up to their level, then it helps the team. So... um Yeah, I always say it's like a three-year job for a manager, but truth being told with Arsenal, it could could be a much longer job than that in terms of fixing the squad.
1: I I know um, the team you played um, will probably have their own um, time to shine on the podcast and later iterations of the podcast. Um, But let's not lose the fact that Brighton are one of the most informed teams in the league. One of the best coached teams in the league. Fantastic going back to front. And to be honest, they are kind of where Arsenal are at the moment. In terms of, I at the moment, I genuinely believe that Brighton are going to finish like upper mid table. Um, because mm. for me, I said this in the chats before, it was a case of getting goals. That was stopping them from doing it. They've always been thrown at the back with um, a combination of Dunk Webster and, and um, Burn or Vietman with the wing back, if if, if fit. So, for me, this was two very even match teams. However, Brighton, additional one when Dan Burn was missing headers, this is food and drink for him. But. To be honest, I think it's four points from these from this game, if you offered Arteta four points from these two games, you would have took it. And Absolutely. I think most managers in Arsenal's position would have done the exact same thing. So I think with Arsenal, anything can tend to be this sort of like overarching, there's a deeper problem, it's systemic. Like we're talking about the police or something. It's not, it's it's sometimes Arsenal aren't gonna beat teams that they once were Swatting away like a fly. But that's because of we don't play for you, man, anymore. Nor does Vieira. It's the same with United.
3: Yeah.
0: We'll go quickly to Tottenham. They did beat Aston Villa two goals to one. Goals from Pierre uh, Emmerich. Uh, Huyberg, Watkins and a Matt target on goal as well secured. Spurs the victory. I mean, it was panic stations last, last week for uh, for Tottenham, but they managed to, to get a point or three, all three points against the side of Aston Villa side that everybody was tipping to challenge the top six. Gojo.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a Valstaff that result. That's what they needed. But Spurs again, I wouldn't really look too much into this result just yet because um, again, they're another team that hasn't found a good run of form for a while. Um, but it's a good result. Look, I think firstly, Hoiberg's goal was classy. Lovely place finish into to the corner, and you can always trust Son. I call him inconsistent, but there are always we can have those games where he is absolutely electric, and he found that in the second half to help get a goal for the, well, the on goal that was given um, by a Target. Um, but what it was with Villa was Villa just looked a bit disjointed going forward. They did, like, I feel like they're trying to build a sort of Oli Watkins Danny Ings link up up front, and it's just not hit yet. But it will hit. I think those two are intelligent enough to hit it together and get it right um, so eventually that will hit but it, it looks like a bit distraught in this game Villa shouldn't take too much worry from this game because they had a fantastic result the previous week anyway they got their three points at Old Trafford um, and these results will happen so um I wouldn't look too much into it for both sides yet Villa will have a solid season which means not really a relegation battle maybe pushing for about 7th-ish but maybe not getting there and if they get there that's great Um, And Spurs just need to try and find a level of consistency because Harry Kane is finding goals in the Conference League where he's not finding goals in the Premier League. Um, Son is... Well, Son is Son. And um, I don't understand why, though, he didn't play Romero in the previous game and he started him against Villa. I still don't understand what that's about.
1: I think Romero... Wasn't he one of the people that basically tried to go to Argentina and play... Um, basic play behind the, work the health officials back yeah. in the last international break oh
3: yeah and, yeah. yeah. And he
1: probably got discipline for that
3: um mm. Mm, yeah that's, true. that's and true also
1: you take into account that like, Brian Hill's not playing either like really like it hasn't started I think a lot of managers don't throw their, um, their side of the um the straight away like Klopp does that um you often wait two or three months before you really start seeing the and progress. But I suppose with Spurs, because their setbacks are so bad. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of feel like, well, why isn't he playing now? But you yeah. I'll
0: throw so, this I'll throw this question out to all three of you. Harry Kane, is he going to get twenty goals this season? Yeah. Harry
1: Kane will, will get yeah. twenty goals this season, but it'll be the most unconvincing twenty goals of his career, of his career since he started really being the first number nine uh I, suppose. Uh, I think that he's not happy. I don't think he's spelling it on purpose. I think he's not happy. And I think he's realizing really quickly that his time's running out. Yeah. And it's like panic stations. It's like with his ankles, he's not doing a Lewandowski. So he needs that move quickly. And Levy has got him on the ropes. So,
2: yeah. Might get, he might get twenty goals in the Conference League, maybe the way he's going. <laughs> Wherever he gets, he gets twenty Premier League goals, it's gonna be it's gonna be touch and go actually for the first time in a, in a long time because Harry Kane consistently delivers, especially after like the, these first couple of months, August September kind of gets him out of the way, um, and then and then after that he starts he starts firing. But um, Spurs is Spurs is all around numbers. Just all the attacking metrics the Nuno they're so low. They're they're like. 18th 19th so it's something that he's gonna I mean if he thought he was kind of having to create goals for himself under Mourinho it's almost even worse under Nuno like he's not even getting in anywhere near the box to try and create or score he's just yeah I think I think you're right I think he's really looking at his time at Spurs now thinking you know kind of what where am I going with with this in my career He he desperately needed that big move this summer but like you said, he shouldn't have signed a six-year contract. Um, and I actually think, and, and maybe maybe it's just because I'm a City fan, and he was coming to us. But regardless of where, where he was going, I think Spurs should have sold Harry Kane. I think they should have. I think they should have cashed in. I think they should have. I think people talk about Daniel Levy being this amazing businessman. I think he should have realised that he had his asset primed and ready to go at his peak. This is the this is the highest value I'm going to get for this player. Hmm. Now he's going to be 29 next summer, two years left in his contract, it's only going to go down from there. He should have cashed in and he should have rebuilt the same way that Liverpool did when they sold Suarez and Coutinho and then brought in Fabinho, Salah, Mane, Firmino, Van Dijk and won the league. They should have done that or they should have basically just kind of started from scratch. Because people, I think sometimes individuals in football, this it's, 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 it's depend on who they are, Messi and Ronaldo aside, slightly... Overvalued. It's always 11 players on the pitch, always team game, always will be. If you sell one of your best players, but you then bring in three very good players, you're going to be a better team. And I think Tottenham would have been that if they would have sold Harry Kane and then recruited right as well, because their recruitment and delivery has been shocking, which is why they brought in Paratici as well.
3: Yeah, he's done all right so far. So far, he's done that. Right so yeah, I, I, yeah
1: I, I don't trust Paratici um, purely because what Daniel Levy said when Bruno got sacked and Paratici's career they didn't match. So they were saying how they want to revert back to the Spurs style of play. Paratici is a defensive minded person in football uh, according to The Athletic. Um, one of the reasons why the Parafonseca management deal fell through is because Palafonseca wanted to play more expensively than Paratici would mm. want to sign players on that yeah. sort of way. So, I think' it's a, it's a it's a club at a fork of the road, and instead of going left or right, it's going straight so
0: fair enough. I think we shall wrap it up there. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining uh make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to our channel thank you there you go boom thank you <laughs> Sam, where can they find you?
2: yeah so you got the twitter handles on the bottom um i've just got my personal one there and also i co-host the never foul food the goat podcast which we're doing in about half an hour with me and daps so yeah jump on there in about half an hour nine o'clock looking back at the this last crazy week for, for city and those three massive away games we've all we've all just ticked off
0: excellent excellent and kojo where can they find us
3: uh right here on youtube for me for podcast uh twitter our uh... Spotify, SoundCloud, podcast, Instagram, and TikTok free in midfield. Comment and like, comment, subscribe to everything over there.
0: Thank you guys for joining and good night.